0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Saratoga pre-election day special podcast. I am joined by Adam Israel. What up, Adam?
1: Hey, how are you? It's a big day today. We have a uh, some really interesting guests on. And so because of that, I decided to dress up and put on a jacket. So here we oh, go. I like
0: it. Putting your formal wear on. I, I like there it.
1: There we go. Exactly. Exactly. So... All right, Dan, I think I'm all uh, ready for the guests we have on today.
0: <laughs> so real quick, Dan couldn't join us today because he's doing his actual paying work, which we understand, but um, we're really excited to talk all things election, which is tomorrow. And there's been a lot of things developing over the weekend, including a press conference held by of the Saratoga Springs Democrats this morning. And to talk about that press conference, my friend and fabulous journalist, Thomas Demopoulos is joining us from Saratoga Today newspaper. How are you, Tom?
2: I am Swell. How are you folks doing?
0: We are, I don't know. How are we, Adam? <laughs>
1: Excited. The night before Christmas, yeah. a little bit. You know, when you when you geek out on local politics, like I think all of us do, uh, you know, Monday night before the first Tuesday in November is always a uh is always a special date. But we're uh it's, and this this year, I think there's a lot to talk about. And today there was a lot going on and you happen to go and, and, and be on the pardon me, be in the
2: front line of, of this press conference. Is that correct? That that is correct, and I agree. It's the political time is a real fun time for journalists, and especially this year, anything to take my mind off the Giants would be
0: good. <laughs> yeah, the Giants uh, and the Bills. I feel that pain. Yeah. Um, so. So the Democrats had a press conference this morning and it was primarily in response to a mail piece that Commissioner current public safety commissioner Jim Montanino had put out. Correct. So Tom, what was the what was the crux of this of this press conference? What was the message they were trying to get out?
2: Well, it, just to backtrack and maybe set up the show and I'm sure people know this but um, the race, the political race this year in the city involves two contested council seats, right? There are multiple ca- multiple candidates for those two seats. Um, so if I do, may just backtrack for a second.
0: Absolutely. Uh,
2: we have uh, the incumbent Democrat mayor, Ron Kim, who is endorsed by the Democratic Party. He's challenged by the former public safety commissioner and Democratic, Chris Matison, who's running on an independent line, and John Safford, who's endorsed by the Republican Party and running on the Republican line. The other seat is for public safety. We have incumbent Democrat Commissioner Jim Montanino, who is endorsed by the Democrat Party. challenged by Democrat voter, as I understand it, uh, Timothy Cole, who's running on the Republican line, and Kristen Dart, who has been endorsed by four of the five sitting Democrats on the city council and is running on the independent line. And I think uh, if you, it, for those who look at things cynically as having political motivations, that may play a role in it. So what happened today? As you said, there was a mailer that went out. I guess last week. Did you folks see that? Did you get that?
0: Yes, and <laughs> oh, yeah. I was gonna put it up here, but I don't. I didn't. I don't think it needs any more viewing. I guess so. Yeah.
2: Um, so uh, over the weekend, the uh, Democrat, the city Democrat Party, and the uh, County Democrat Party got together and a- asked Public Safety Commissioner Jim Montanino, who they had previously endorsed, and who acknowledges he supervised and fully put together the mailer, uh, to retract his comments on, about the mailer, which they called racist, uh, as well as renounced his. Uh, political support for Republican candidate Safford and asked for the $1,000 that the Democrat party had given him for his campaign back. That was the gist of today's presser.
0: And can I, let me give a tiny illustration of this mailer. It was basically a postcard about this big. It had a picture of Kristen Dart, which you know, she's, she's so beautiful. And it was not a great picture of her. It was kind of a classic, like, let's take the worst picture we can find of the candidate. And then it was a picture of Alexis Figueroa, who's the head of Saratoga BLM next to it. And then there were some quotes from uh, the Daily Gazette and so forth, but essentially the mail piece was a vote for Kristen Dart is a vote for Saratoga BLM. Would that be accurate? Right.
2: Yeah, that's, that's pretty accurate. And, uh, uh kristen dart did speak today she said she wasn't going to but she said a few words and regarding the mailer she said and this this is these are her words it raises the idea that black people are nothing but angry and she said it was racist because quote it lifts up the tropes that black people cannot be fully human and express their emotion um now regarding uh the Democratic Party Otis Maxwell uh, who's the chair of the City Democrats uh spoke uh as well did Martha DeVaney who's the chair of the re- Republican, uh, sorry, the County Democrats. You can tell I'm holding this camera, right?
0: I know, you're <laughs> doing it. By the way, this is uh Tom's first time doing this kind of setup, so
2: He's That's a print right. reporter, not a not a video reporter, but you you're, you're you're He's doing great. <laughs> well, I have the Constitution behind me, too, just so, um, <laughs> for accuracy. <laughs> but but um, uh, basically, he reiterated those three uh, requests of Montanino uh, to renounce the mailer. Montenino said he would not renounce it to renounce his support of the Republican candidate, Safford for mayor, which he said he would also not do. And as for the thousand uh, dollars, and I want to make sure I have this correct, he said he would, uh, in lieu of returning it to the Democrat, Democratic uh, Party, who donated donate it to the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum in honor of those members of the Saratoga Springs Democratic Committee who support the right of the state of Israel to exist. Uh, and it continues from there. Um,
0: so it sounds like to me, from what Kristen is saying, it was less about the copy on the mail, or like it was less about the quotes and more about the imagery. Would that be accurate? Um, y-
2: yes, and no. Uh, it, it, it essentially is attempting to link her to Saratoga BLM, right? And that was brought up today as well. Uh, Otis Maxwell, the chair of the city committee said, "Um, I can speak for most of our committee members to say we are appalled by the mailing and uh, that it's, quote, antithetical to harmony with one another and especially concerning to people of color and anyone who feels marginalized by the community. Uh, There was quite a bit made about uh, Saratoga BLM's recent rally uh, to which they were accused of uh, supporting Hamas. And that was uh, denied both by members of Saratoga BLM, as well as Reverend, Reverend Cleveland, who mm. um, uh, spoke at the rally.
1: Yeah, well, let me, I, I just, I have to interject here because I, I, yeah. And any, any gathering where you're holding signs that saying, to the river, to the sea, which is essentially calling for the eradication of the Israel and the Jews that are in Israel, um, I don't think you can speak out of both sides of your mouth. And I did find that uh, that rally very offensive, and um, I do think it showed support for Hamas, and it showed a disregard for the 200-plus Israeli children and women and citizens who were being held ha- 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 who are being held hostage right now? So, you know, I just I don't want to give them a free pass for that because I think that was something that did happen, and you can't say it's it, it was something else.
0: So perhaps it wasn't the the primary intent of Saratoga BLM when they held that rally, but they ended that's, up with people attending.
1: Yeah, that's like saying the primary intent of January sixth wasn't to storm the Capitol. I'm, I'm sorry, but but you know, saying hey, there were some good people there too, doesn't fly when you're
2: causing for genocide. Yeah, it doesn't. Okay. Yeah. And, that, and, and that's fair. And truthfully, I wasn't at the rally, so I don't know what was said, um, just relating what was what was said today. Right. Right. Um, and I will say to that point, uh, Kristen Dart also spoke uh, in addition to the mailer and her quote was, uh, I believe what Hamas did was an act of terrorism. And I also believe the government of Israel blocking humanitarian aid is a violation of international law and is also inhumane." So, uh, end quote. So, you know, there's that as well. But the the point in this coming up was it was uh, the the mailer was somehow linked to DART's supposed alliance with BLM and to their supposed alignment to what, Hamas, I guess, is is what Montanino was saying. Um, I will also say, you know, not to get too in the weeds, that Montanino had cited a uh, newspaper, not this newspaper, but a newspaper report uh, in putting the content of that mailer together. Uh, That was also spoken about by, by journalists there as not being an actual news report, but a column or an opinion piece. Uh, so yes. I think that distinction needs to be made as well.
0: I think they were referring to um, Andrew Waite of the Daily Gazette did a column recently where he said that um, the public safety election in Saratoga is essentially a referendum on Saratoga BLM. But it was an opinion piece. It was a it, it wasn't a news article. It's an opinion piece.
2: Right. And that I think that that's that's not been clear to a lot of people, but that was uh, right. made very clear today. Um, what else can I tell you about today?
0: (laughs) Sounds like, so I, thank you, by the way, for sending me this picture. The picture we have up is courtesy of Tom Demopoulos. Thank you. (coughs) Um, So it looks like it was pretty well attended. And I, I, do I also spot Jim Montagnino there on the side? Did he attend?
2: He, he was there on the side. And I think the, uh, uh, he is the fellow off to the far left against the wall, Mm -hmm. leaning against the wall, arms folded. He was there for the entire event. The event went for about an hour. There were a few dozen people there. Uh, Many people spoke. And um, yeah, he he spoke with the media afterwards as to uh, what his reaction, what his reactions are. And uh, I I will throw this out finally as a little bit of curiosity. that And and Robin knows this and actually... um, Adam does this well at uh, political election night. The parties gather in their, uh, gather together, right? Uh, Yeah. In their respective areas. Um, Now, uh, Kristen Dard, who's an independent, will be gathering with the Democrats tomorrow night when the numbers come in. Uh, And Montanino, who's a Democrat, Will be at the firehouse, so he will not be with them. Oh, really? Is it.
1: That's interesting, right? Because in the yeah, what are, are the
2: go ahead. Well, what was that?
0: No, I just think it's unusual for a candidate oh. to be at the firehouse.
1: Who did the firemen endorse? They they endorsed Monty Nino, right?
0: Yes, they did.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's um, so.
0: Well, thank you for that recap, Tom. I really appreciate it. I know neither Adam or I could get to the press conference, but we really wanted to kind of hear what had gone on. So, I appreciate yep. your coming on and giving us a a summary of the of the day's events so far.
1: Hey, Tom. I know I, I know you're. You know, you know, we talked about reporting, and then we talked about reporters giving commentary. Any commentary? Any thoughts you had about it? You know, any any insights that that are that are not you know they're not views of of the newspaper that you represent or your reporting. Just I don't know. You know. Hey, this is this 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 kind of uh, insight you could give to any of our any of our uh, viewers about uh, um, the the press
2: conference today. I think um, uh, I'll say this. I think in general, and I was having a discussion with someone there about it. That this particular political season, and maybe they, maybe many of them are like this. A lot. Of uh, what the candidates are saying and a lot of what I read on social media uh, has to do with uh, process decorum uh, uh, you know calming down city council meetings supposedly things along those lines Uh, and I don't hear a lot if anything about the issues Uh, and You know, politically, these are these are people that represent the people who live here, that pay the taxes, that pay their salaries, and so forth. And uh, to to that avenue, I think personally, it's a little uh, disappointing that that hasn't been in the forefront. The issues, the money, what is the future bringing? What is the city going to look like? What's being done? you know, for the community, for the kids, for business-wise, and so forth, and uh, really haven't heard any of that. So that would that would be my two cents worth, Adam.
0: All right. Well, thank you for that. And then we have a quick comment here from Aaron Leary, who says, that sounds illegal together at the firehouse. Um, to that end, I, I do always know it's a very, you have to be very careful about who you say you got endorsed by, like, for example, when you get endorsed by the firefighters, you get endorsed by their local 343 union. And so it would kind of surprise me if they gathered on city property at the firehouse on election night. I think that is kind of seems a little dicey.
2: Yeah. And just to be clear, that was a a conversation. It wasn't an announcement. It was a conversation. I asked, where will you be tomorrow night? And the response was, the firehouse so i mean it, it will not be a city council quorum maybe I,
1: I think malta's got a firehouse subs what's that the, you know, do you know the the, the restaurant there's a there's a sub called firehouse subs it's, a, it's like a subway oh, uh, i missed it
0: right, okay
2: yeah. maybe all, all right. right well all right. thanks
1: folks Just moving on thanks
0: so much uh, we appreciate you. it yeah. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye, Tom. Hey, hey, Rob. Real um, quick, the, g- going back. No, no more jokes. But the, the the could he mean? I know the PBA has that building out across from the old dump. Is that is that mm-hmm. PBA and firemen who, who split that that property that that house there? Or just like a fire? Just, p- just PBA. I think it's
0: just PBA. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, with yeah. the fire. I'm um, gonna say, the listen, one one time out.
0: you come behind, Adam? And I want to bring on our, our next guest, Otis Maxwell. He's here. Otis, Hi. how are you?
3: Good, here I am. Yeah,
0: there you are. Um, Otis Maxwell is the chair of the Saratoga Springs Democrats, and we're thrilled that you came on today, Otis. I really appreciate it.
3: Thank you. I'm glad to be here.
0: I also have to give you a shout out because I know being the chair of a local political committee is not the easiest job in the world, so I commend you for doing it so adeptly.
3: Well, thank you. We have a lot of viewpoints on our committee for sure, and the idea is to let everybody be heard and and feel that their their input is valuable because we have to make them do a lot of work. You know, go out and canvass for voters and so on.
0: Absolutely. So I would love if you want to um, to just go through your candidates and you know anything you want to mention before everyone, the remaining people who haven't voted early, vote tomorrow since uh, tomorrow is election day.
3: Absolutely. Well, first of all, as, as far as um, as Tom's comments that he not is not hearing enough about the issues i know that ron kim our our mayor has been trying very very hard to talk about the issues and talk about the accomplishments of his administration and there are many including finishing the fire station uh, advancing affordable housing uh, passing a a reproductive rights um, ordinance um, supporting uh, lgbt citizens um, completing the downtown connector uh, pre- protecting the uh, the open space plan, and on it goes. And uh, bike bike paths are also part of that. So he's been he's had a, a bunch of good accomplishments. Our other um, candidates who are running unopposed, um, Nita Sungvi, um, D- Dylan Moran, and um, Jason Golub are also part of that, and also share that credit. So there are a lot of issues we're proud of, and we'd like to talk about them more.
0: Yeah, I do. You know, to some extent, what's happening with Commissioner Montagnino is a bit of a distraction that seems very noisy. And sometimes it's hard to cut through the noise with the actual issues.
3: Right. And also about Uh, I wanted to say about this, the disruption and city council issue something really became clear to me last week at the forum at at Skidmore. uh, Ron Kim was asked a question which caused him to reply, well, I grew up in a multicultural household. And I learned very early that people express themselves in different ways. And you have to respect that, that different people have different ways of expressing themselves. Uh, as, as mayor, he has opened up the, uh, the, the public comment period, increased the time, increased the amount of time that people have to speak. And there are a lot of very loud, emotional voices that are, that are heard there. You know, people who are upset about their noisy neighbors, people with zoning issues. Uh, people that are worried about a one-way street that should be a two-way street, et cetera, et cetera. And if you go to these meetings, you know you on the one hand, you you you, you feel exhausted after listening to all the public comments, but on the other, you you say, "Wow, this is democracy at work. Citizens get to talk to their government. So putting it in perspective, you, you it's it's hard to be upset about the fact that that Ron Kim has made this possible, and almost all the uh, council meetings have gone on without disruption. Um, so that's, that's the perspective I'd like to put on that.
0: Well, I, I will say, I always, I mean, I sat through my fair share of really rough public comments. I will say, I wish there was a way for us to kind of control the profanity aspect, because I do think it gets a little out of control, but you know, I suppose, what can you do? Um, and oh, then- Oh, as I say
1: that about Robin in the show all the time too. <laughs> I bet you do. Know.
0: <laughs> what are you talking about? Adam? <laughs> but,
1: but and- no, that, that is, it, it is a good- it is. it's a good it's a good and you know being the chair of the party, I don't know if you're the one to answer this, but you know at some point where are the limits but um, you know th- th- we've we've seen some some uh, council meetings get out of hand and we've seen the vast majority not. so it's it's maybe we haven't come up to that limit. Otis, you took over from Patas who came off a, a, a very successful uh, election season two years ago, she basically got, Four out of the five candidates on the on the city council, uh, you get the guys. Then got um, Jason Golubin. So the Democrats, you know, growing up in this city, it was always the Republicans who were the powerful party. The Democrats seem to be, you know, controlling things right now. Uh, and, and like you said, now you have a lot of different people, a lot of power, a lot of different voices. Uh, has that been been challenging? And I know it has. And, and, and how are some ways that you, as the party chair, handle all these different? Uh, because it, it, even even Democrats and Republicans, as we've seen within parties, will differ, right? It was, as right. you well know. What, what 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 are some of the things that you do as as the chair to try to keep everybody uh, on the same
3: on the same ship? Well, I think the most important thing, as I said earlier, is to make sure that people's opinions are respected, and their voices are heard. And I guess I'll just go back to Montanino as an example of this, that we endorsed him as uh, for re-election back in February, which was an easy choice because he had a very productive 14 months in office, got a lot accomplished. Then he, we, got, we got concerned about some of his, his actions and words. And um, some, of the, some of the members said, well, we shouldn't have endorsed him. And so we, we invited him to come to a meeting. And we appreciate him doing that to answer our questions, express our concerns, We then had a vote on whether we should take back the endorsement, which is something that we take very seriously because the candidates spend a lot of time getting endorsed, meeting with us, going through a process and we don't want to take that lightly. So we voted in the end, not to disendorse him, to leave the endorsement in place, but to send him a letter of concern saying, we really hope you'll reconsider some of your actions and your deeds and take a more moderate tone. And the, you know the mailer this week uh, suggests that that's not the case, and I felt very comfortable up there today saying we we just can't we just can't accept this. We have to we have to ask him to repudiate it. But throughout the members at both ends of the spectrum, I think felt that their opinion was valued. That if you were an a rabid anti-Montanino person, you could hear you could be heard, and similarly, if you were an old line Democrat who Felt that you had to preserve the nomination at all costs. So you could do that too. And so, so technically now and do, is he still endorsed by the
1: committee? and what does that have any ramifications other than just that that badge?
3: So is he technically now endorsed by the, the, the Saratoga City Democrats? Technically he's endorsed by us and you're right, it has no ramifications other than that badge, except that next time there's an election and people come before us to ask for our endorsement, they'll know we really take that very seriously.
0: That makes sense. That makes sense. And I, like I said before, I can't imagine being the chair of the either, you know, party here, because especially with the Democrats, you have such a big, we have such a big tent party now. So it is hard to kind of accommodate all opinions when there's such a wide range. Um, Any predictions, Otis, for tomorrow?
3: Well, I'm hoping we'll have a very successful day. Um, I haven't mentioned Gordon Boyd, who's running for supervisor. And as a candidate, we are very excited about because he's a candidate for change in a situation where we give $30 million in sales tax revenue to the, the county of Saratoga and are very unrepresented. For example, we have no representative on the on the board that controls casino gambling and horse racing overseas in, in Saratoga, which is very, it's hard to explain that. And the reason for it, is that the the makeup of the the supervisors is allocated by by city or by town the town of day which you can't even find in a map you have to you know you know day day comma saratoga county into google google um, uh, maps and it'll show you an outline of a rural area they have one supervisor who is their own we have thirty thousand people they have 850 people we have 30,000 people we have two supervisors and it's the same with the other larger cities like like uh, clifton park so as a result we're very up- unrepresented as far uh, unrepresented as far as uh, the ratio to population and gordon is going to try to try to reach across party lines and and make some changes in that
0: yeah, it's, I mean, I think it's a tough it's a tough uh, situation for any Democrat going into that board of supervisors, because as we know, they're, I think, almost all Republican. Um, and so there's definitely it's definitely going to be a challenge. But um, I didn't actually
3: I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, uh, Robin, <laughs> but I actually didn't answer your question, which is what, what do I think is going to happen tomorrow? Oh,
0: yeah, please. Yeah.
3: So I, I think, you know, we, we have a very real uh, challenge to the Democrats. Uh, by a former a former um, public safety commissioner who is a Democrat um, voting running on his own against Ron Kim. And so we we are concerned about that. You got two Democrats versus one Republican. And uh, so we urge anybody who supports Ron Kim and anybody who supports the direction we're going in now, you know, don't sleep on this. Get out and vote.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I I have heard some numbers floating around with early voting. It seems like a decent amount of people voted early. I don't know if you.
3: Yes, so we really had good good early voting numbers, quite yeah. quite surprisingly high. Yeah.
0: Excellent. And so um, so that's the mayor's race, and then in public safety, how how are you feeling? It must be kind of challenging right now.
3: Well, it's interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, we we um, we. Uh, I am going to vote for Kristen Dart. Um, I, I like the way she has managed her campaign. Um, I, as I say, I was a fan of Montanino because of his his accomplishments, but I think she shows that she has the the medal and she is, you know, she is experienced working with the public in a tough situation with her job at Planned Parenthood. So I think she can manage it.
0: Excellent. And any predictions on the supervisor race?
3: Um, I think Gordon is is going to win. I, and we have um, another supervisor, of course, who is very popular, Matt Veach, who is the um, the Republican and is the incumbent. And to say, I hope two Democrats will win would be, a, you know, kind of a pie in the sky because he is going to win. So I am going to vote one and done for supervisor candidate uh, Gordon Boyd.
0: So it's interesting you say that because last election cycle, I think Matt, it was the first time that Matt Veach got fewer votes than um, his Democratic counterpart, Tara Gaston at the time. That's right. Yeah,
3: but he's he's a you know he's a guy who works hard for the for the city of Saratoga, and he can always if you saw the debate that the three candidates had the a couple of weeks ago he's able to just just reel off I did this I did this that brought money into the town and it's a very impressive uh, story that an incumbent can tell and I think he's got a lot of friends here.
0: It it is a little <laughs> unusual though that you do have another Democrat running Michelle Madigan, and it, I I found it interesting. <laughs> the committee supporting a Democrat and a Republican versus the Democrat and Democrat?
3: Well, we don't support uh, official speech. We just accept what is probably inevitable. And I respect the fact that uh, Michelle Madigan, who was not endorsed by us, uh, did petition and did get on the, the Democratic line. But as I say, I'm, I'm one and done as far as the way I'm going to vote for Gordon Boyd.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Otis. I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate your kind of giving us a rundown of your candidates and, you know, what they stand for. So voters can be even that much more informed going to vote tomorrow.
3: My pleasure. Thanks for inviting me.
0: Thank you so much, Otis. Appreciate it.
3: All right. Thank you, Otis. Thank you, Adam.
0: Well, lots of... Oops, sorry. I'm putting up the wrong Chiron. My bad. Um, I mean, I, I... I really do think that Otis has, he I mean, he's had quite the campaigns he's had, um, you know, with the controversy with Jim and, and back and forth. I, I can imagine he's been quite busy and probably needs a decent vacation post-November 7th to, to recover from all the madness.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, it, it is. There are some, some. Um, I mean, like I've always said, when I ran for office, it, I ran as an independent, and I heard from Democrats, I heard from Republicans, but some of the Democrats are just, the The real kind of entrenched far left ideologues are can be loud and nasty and and so I'm sure he uh, I'm sure he got an earful on a lot of different things. It really is with, with the whole Jim thing, it's just interesting how how that all played out, right? Because uh, you know Kristen Dart on the independent line has it, it's if, if boy, if if she's somehow able to pull this off, then then no Republican should ever run in the city again. Um, but how, how how did that happen where where Jim was on you know, was it this mailer? Uh, that what what is, what was the, what was the straw that Brett broke the, the it, camel's back? Was it seems it,
0: like it was this mail piece, I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. And, and you, you know, one of the, we're not really a gotcha thing, but, um, it, you know, it's interesting about this mail piece of, of I, I had a big issue with the Democrats going after uh, a, a candidate for school board, um, Sharon Dominguez, and and because the Daily Gazette. Uh, this this same weight guy from the Gazette, who I think is a, a, a trash reporter, wrote this piece about her, but used a very unflattering image. And I thought that was very misogynistic. It was it was done on purpose. You know, it was it's, it just wasn't a random photo. They know the pictures they're using. They know the imagery and, and, and the, the, the Democrats had no issue with that. Right. They had no issue with a woman being being kind of photographed in a very unflattering light and, and, and then running and using that photo with a negative uh, um, article and it's kind of what happened in that mail. I mean, the, the, big, the big debate in that mailer right now is that, all right, what, what exactly is racist about it and what is untrue about it? Right. So it states some facts, uh, are the facts untrue and, and certainly the argument of how they portray an angry black man and a, a, poli- you know, a a, a a black lady in politics, it's it, the pictures were not flattering and, and, and I'm sure that was done on purpose and yeah. and that that I I do have a problem with that but you can't you can't have your cake and eat it too you can't choose when you're going to be outraged over the use of imagery in in and if it wasn't that what was what in this mailer was false you,
0: you know and well, yeah um, i mean i think it's a little harder like the two comparisons are i don't know if they quite compare to me only in that this mailer came from within the democratic party technically someone within the democratic party you know versus a journalist a newspaper who, you know, they do what they want. But I will say like the picture of Kristen, it just it just brought me back to when I was running in 2019, Um, my opponent dropped a mail piece about me about four days before the election. And on the cover next to the address, there was a picture of my face in color. And it was like the most unflattering photo. And it's just- I was say, You
1: don't have a bad angle. What are you talking about, darling?
0: <laughs> you're too kind, you're yeah, too kind. I- <laughs> No, but, I think it, I think it happens to women all the time, and I think it's kind of just garbage, you know. Yeah, and
1: I th- I, I think you got to I think it's got to be called out. I, I don't think you can selectively call it out. But with that being said, um, appreciate Otis coming on. I think yeah, he, he was my first time speaking with we very well spoken. You can see, you can see why uh, he's able to kind of corral those those Democrats and 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 seemingly get them all on the same point in the same direction. So thanks again, Otis, for coming on.
0: Um. Next up, we have mike brandy mike brandy is the chair of the saratoga spring republican committee how are you mike
4: good guys can you hear me okay
0: yeah we can hear you great
4: awesome awesome doing as as well as can be uh you know on, on the verge of election day being involved in this it's uh it's certainly silly season and, and we're seeing that in, in all its glory these last couple of days. Yeah.
0: I, I do think we should have like a, a, like a locally scheduled nap day sometime maybe later this week or early next week. Like we, we can all just take yeah. off rest and get our sanity back. Perhaps I
4: think we'd have bipartisan support for that across the board.
0: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so um, there's so much to talk to you about. I would love to hear about your candidates and then of course um, any reaction to what's been going on today and over the last couple of days. Um, but we should start with your candidates, as I think
4: would be the right spot. Yeah. Uh, so so we have an interesting slate this year. We, we don't have a full slate, but I'm really excited about the candidates we do have. Um, you know, we went out outside the box here. Uh, we we kind of really covered all our all our bases. Heading off the ticket, obviously, John Stafford, um, who's run in the past. Uh, John has been in Saratoga for a very long time. If you live in an HOA, you've probably encountered him uh, managing your your homeowners association Um, he's all over the place with his, with his community service and and service to to veterans, especially. (laughs) Um, And what I liked when we were talking to candidates or, you know, God, it feels like yesterday, but I guess it was earlier this year is John's just a a consummate professional, um, always level-headed. I mean, you cannot rattle the guy. I mean, in some of the more stressful moments of campaigning, I mean, he's really unflappable. So um, he's perfectly poised to get in there. Um, He's, he's compromising. He, he is fair, Um, So I think he will be a a really refreshing contrast for for all of the citizens of Saratoga Springs compared to to Ron Kim, who um, has been an absolute dumpster fire. Um, Tim Cole, obviously, Tim Cole is a registered Democrat. Um, You know what? We were not shy in endorsing him. uh, Despite that, I believe that this kind of bipartisanship is the future of our city and and really our country. Um, Tim, I think, you know, no offense, Robin, I think he's probably one of the one of the most qualified people to ever run for for. Commissioner of Public Safety.
0: No offense taken. The, the gentleman who ran before me for public safety, Don Bream, was like a former police officer. He had all of this law enforcement experience. so I'm very used to hearing that other people were the most qualified.
4: <laughs> yeah. doesn't mean he can't do a good job but, but I think Tim yeah. is, is really eminently qualified and and again, just a level-headed fair person um, you know I think with his background he will he will be uh, fair to our police and, and, and fair to, to all members of, of the community. And of course, Matt Veach, you know, what more can be said about Matt Veach? He's, he's been at this for a very long time. Um, you know, I kind of echo Otis's comments about Matt. He's, he, he gets the job done for our city time and time again. And we're um, certainly pr- proud to have him on, on our ballot as well.
0: Excellent.
1: With, with that being said, let's talk about supervisor for a minute. Uh, for the supervisor, uh, Otis, the Democrats were not going to support the second Democrat, Michelle Madigan. Um, so how, how, listen, two people have to go, right? So, there's, so yeah. obviously you support Matt Beach. Do you have any predictions or feelings on that second position?
4: Um, Yeah, I mean, ballot positioning, I'm a big believer in <coughs> ballot positioning. I, I think Michelle Madigan is in a very strong position. Row A gets a lot of votes. It gets a lot of voters who go in there and vote Row A, no matter who's on it. Um, You know, I think that's going to work in Jim Montagnino's favor as well. Um, The wild card here is is the one Saratoga line uh, that both Matt and Michelle are on. So I think they're both going to, you know, Otis State is going to be uh, bullet voting for boyd i think a lot of people on the one saratoga line going straight across will see michelle and matt next to each other and and vote for both of them um i think a lot of (laughs) Democrats like matt so i think matt will get some second votes from gordon voters and i think um you know a lot of republicans um remember michelle running in was it 2019 um where where the Roe was blank and she ran on the independence line and had a lot of Republican support. So I think a lot of Republicans will see her name and have good memories of her running and she'll get some of Matt's second votes as well. So I think Michelle's in a very good position. Um, I think Matt is as well. Obviously he's a proven vote getter. I think Gordon falls short um, on the supervisor ballot.
0: So not to like pin you down on this and feel free to not answer if you don't want to, but do you think the Republican committee in general would prefer a Matt Feach, Michelle Madigan combo or... A Matt H Gordon Boyd combo.
4: I, I think Michelle would be more effective on the Board of Supervisors. Um, I've never met Gordon, but from what I've seen about him, he, he's kind of um, kind of petty and, and and seems a little abrasive. Again, I've never met the guy, but um, I don't know that he, as the lone Democrat on the board, would 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 catch a lot. You know, catch more flies with honey. I'm not sure he would be well received um, with the way he carries himself, based on the way he's campaigned. Um, Michelle, on the other hand, I think has shown that she can work. Uh, you know, Michelle's a fighter, so I think if she has something to say, she'll say it. Um, but I think that she will be more she she'll be better received and more effective on the board, especially with Matt there. We, yeah, we had
1: a a really unexpected, or, or maybe not unexpected is not the right word, but maybe a non traditional event happened where the uh, the democratically endorsed uh, commissioner for public safety endorsed um, John Safford, Republican for mayor what did that was is that something that John was seeking did that catch him off guard were you guys happy to get it can you speak a little bit about about what that meant for John yeah it was
4: it, it's, it's again silly season right you, you never know what's going to happen it's a weird year i looked at i don't know if you've seen the ballot yet the ballot looks like frankenstein it's bits and pieces all over the place multiple lines blanks here you know of course it's led by the judges and there's no democrats up there so it's like it's it's an odd looking <laughs> ballot um so yeah, when, when I when I heard that was being that was being discussed, um, you know, obviously I'm 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 open to that. I, I think that again the bipartisan support that our candidates ha, have have received has been, I think, historic. Um, you know, I think our bipartisan slate is historic and and I hope this is a precedent that we can maintain going forward. Um so when I heard about it, it was something uh, you know, personally I was willing to maintain. Ultimately it's up to the candidate. Um, but I was I was behind that. Um, you know, I think Commissioner Montino has certainly had his his issues in office and and I certainly have my differences with the way that he's handled the the, the um, office of public safety but i think again um you know what i think was made clear during that announcement is that this is not, that was not about the public safety race that was about the mayor's race and the fact that ron kim um k- the, the city cannot take another two years under ron kim
1: you heard you heard tom Denapolis talk about the, the r- a lot of running has been running on returning to quorum and and calmness and collaboration back to City Hall, and not so much as the issues. What are, if you could, you know, sum up an issue or two for the for the Commissioner of Public Safety candidate Tim Cole and the Mayor candidate John Safford? What are some of the big issues that they're going to do when they get in office?
4: Yeah, I, so I think um, going back to one of the first the first real missteps that Ron Kim had was um, completely undercutting uh, and and destroying the City Attorney's office he removed uh Vince Duinart who was a a competent fair city attorney for a very long time got rid of that institutional knowledge fired and then rehired uh, Tony Izzo um you know I have a lot of respect for for Mr. Izzo but I'm not sure that the city attorney's office is is, is functioning at this point um so we, th- that was gutted um, early on so the city attorney's office needs to be restored to competence um the the office of risk and safety needs to be needs to be restored um and going door to door i was hitting doors this morning and as soon as i'm off with you guys i'll be i'll be back to doors again um you know assuming the weather looks okay out there um Mm -hmm. the insurance issue i mean that's something you know we that that constantly people are are hearing about where you know the costs are real when you're talking a million plus a year for the foreseeable future that's a lot of money out of the taxpayers pockets and the money's got to come from somewhere either either we're going to cut somewhere else to make up for that or we're going to have to continue to increase taxes for potentially a third, fourth, fifth year in a row. Who knows? Um, so. So, yeah, that that was, you know, real generational damage done to the the finance, the finances and the insurability of of the city. Um, so definitely, def, definitely a big concern there that people are hearing. And, you know, I, I don't think we haven't been able to talk about the issues. Civility is at the forefront because it's been over the news. Kim cursing out this person, cursing out that person. Um, so obviously, you know, the kind of if it bleeds, it leads kind of thing. It's been all over the news. Um so obviously people are focusing on it, um, and I think we need to get back to a baseline of decorum and respect before we can start getting into the, the minutia and, the, and the, the real nuts and bolts gover- governance issues. Um, but I don't think it's precluded us from talking about these things. I think we have addressed um, the, uptick in, uh, the uptick in crime that that we have seen, and the numbers do support, despite constant claims from, from Ron Kim's campaign, and uh, things like insurance that, that really matter to people.
0: So I'm gonna. I have a sample ballot that I'm gonna throw up. I, sure. I was making it for Michelle Madigan, so you'll notice her name is checked. But I just want to give people a sense of what the ballot looks like. Um, it it's yeah. There's a it, lot going on.
1: It is somewhat wonky. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. And the thing, I, I, of- I I I will add a little commentary here that voters. Before I got involved in politics, I thought enough the ballot didn't matter. If, if if people would go look for you and look for your name, but it really does. You know what line you're on, how many lines you're on. Uh, it really can affect the outcome of a race. So it's interesting that this one's so wonky.
0: Um, Yeah, very much so. Uh, Ballot placement is uh, pretty significant, I would say. Um, Mm -hmm. So there are a couple other things I wanted to ask you about, Mike, if you don't mind. Um, I believe that you have a lawsuit currently pending against the city. Is that correct?
4: (laughs) Two lawsuits. (laughs) Two
0: lawsuits. So can you describe to our viewers uh, what's going on there?
4: Absolutely, uh, both are transparency-based lawsuits. The first one is for FOIL, which is Freedom of Information Law. Uh, freedom of Information Law is in the Public Officers Law, uh, New York State Legislature, as has codified it, and it involves the people's right to obtain records and information from the government. And the baseline is that you're entitled to anything, anything they have, you can get, unless it fits under certain narrowly curtailed exceptions. Um, and fundamental in that is that the city has statutory timelines that needs to get you information. It get you a confirmation in five days, the documents by 20 days. If you appeal, you have to get a response in 10 days. This is all right there in the law. So back in May, I submitted two separate FOIL requests to the city, um, which were acknowledged and then ignored. For, I think, three months, I appealed. My appeal was acknowledged. I was promised a response and I was ignored. Uh, So at that point, I sent a follow up. The follow up was ignored. So at that point, I went to the New York State Committee on Open Government, which is a division of the Department of State. And I said, here's the situation. You know, let me know your opinion. They said, yes, this is a denial. Your remedy is to sue under Article 78 of the the, the civil practice rules. So I did. And and I think the law is very clear on it. I think we're going to win on all fronts. And I think it's it's an embarrassment to the city that the city, you know, is is. Obstructing for no reason whatsoever, and it's going to cost the taxpayers money uh, to defend this, and it's and it's a it's 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 a real shame. Meanwhile, I'm waiting five months plus to get to get you know what are going to be a few hundred pages of very redacted records, and reporters submit things uh, for Rob and your texts or former Mayor Meg Kelly's texts, and from request to release three business days unredacted yeah. fifty pages of text messages. So. Do the math yourself. The facts are right there. Um, the city's playing political games with uh, transparency and, and the freedom of information law. I'm disgusted yeah. by that.
0: And I know that they, this administration and, and Mayor Kim have frequently mentioned that the number, number of FOIL requests has gone up so dramatically from something from like 222 to now, like I don't know, four 500, 600. But to me, that's an indicator that people don't feel this administration is being transparent. Um, otherwise, they wouldn't have the need for so many more FOIL requests. Um, it, it
4: certainly
0: and so, could be. Yeah, it, and, it and I, could I also, be.
4: go ahead. Sorry.
0: No, no, no. You finish your thought. The
4: the uh, you know, and the other thing the city's shown the ability to do um, is to hire a law firm within ten days. So it would not be difficult or really necessarily extremely expensive for the city to bring in help to address FOIL requests, address the backlog, and th- these are requirements under the law the city should right. be doing it. It's, it's fundamental government go- governance. It, it's, it's really non-negotiable.
0: Well, and of course I have personally observed that FOIL requests that pertain to me are uh, responded to with uh pretty quickly, <laughs> very quickly, in fact, and it is kind of demoralizing because you'd like to think that these things are, you know, operated like, you know, by the book, but um, there does seem to be some political motivation there in terms of what FOIL requests are responded to and how quickly for sure.
1: And, and the, 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 the The only damage that they face from from these foils is uh, is that there's not they're not there's no civil penalty there's no criminal penalty it's just up to the voters to watch this and decide is this a government this is how they want their government
3: to act.
4: Is that (laughs) correct? Yes, you're right. They can be the city can be ordered to pay for my attorney's fees. Um, which in a case like this are, are not it's not that much money because it's a, it's a fairly simple expedited proceeding. There's no discovery, it's all in the papers. Um, so that is the, really the only stick for the city. I mean, the city shouldn't the idea is that they shouldn't need a motivation to abide by the law. It's a command under the law, and that should be enough. and it is enough for most municipalities. I represented as municipal council towns of 300,000 plus people or as small as 3,000 people. And no one else has the issues that Saratoga Springs has with this. It, with, this is this is unique to this administration. Um, and and again, it's 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 disturbing to me.
0: We should mention to our viewers that Mike is actually an attorney. Um, so you have, which I don't think we mentioned at the very beginning. So uh,
4: <laughs> should put the ESQ after my name. I should have done that. <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> um, wh- one other question for you, while you have your attorney hat on. Um, I had heard, but I hadn't really dug into it at all recently that the school district is suing the city. Is that? correct and could you enlighten us about that a little yeah, bit yeah it's
4: it's uh, i've looked at the papers i lost you it's an interesting one um essentially there was a was it quad graphics i believe that was um had a pilot agreement um and a pilot agreement is basically I'll, I'll give you the thousand foot view because it gets really strange and i have represented IDAs um as well which is where these agreements come from industrial development agencies um so oh let me look at me my thoughts right here so When you get an agreement with an IDA, it basically gets you off the tax rolls. And instead of paying taxes, you would agree to pay a pilot payment, a payment in lieu of taxes. Um, but critical in that is that you actually have to actually be removed from the tax rolls. And apparently uh someone in in Commissioner Moran's office, or commission, I guess Commissioner Moran is is the assessor. Um, so someone in his office or him forgot to remove uh the entity from the tax rolls, uh, which Mm -hmm. resulted in a miscalculation of the school district's uh, taxes and tax levy. And the school district is claiming that it was shorted something like $200,000. The city is claiming that they weren't. Hmm. And th- that's about the extent of my understanding of, it. there's a lot, a lot of money at, at stake there, but, uh, you know, it's, it's certainly going to take a lot of discovery and a, a lot of legal jockeying to, to get to the bottom of it. But the, the bottom line is it seems to have resulted from a, a, an administrative mistake on the part of the city.
0: Gotcha. Well, that's an unfortunate administrative mistake for, for sure.
4: Sure is. Six figures on a, on a mistake. That's uh, not something anybody wants to wants to be facing down.
0: Yeah. So lots of lawsuits this is my takeaway from this. Lots of lawsuits. Well, I,
4: real, I'll touch my second one real quick. The, the second one is uh, open meetings law based and arises from earlier this month. The city took a vote by email. Fundamental. You can't do that. You, you can't vote by email. So I was also submitted to the community of government. They confirmed it's a violation. We're in court on that one as well. And, and, and I think we'll we'll be successful on that one.
0: Can you give us any specifics on what the vote was about?
4: Yes. Yeah, something about uh, a, wa- a state liquor authority waiver on hours of service. I, I'm not exactly sure of mm. what the context is behind that. And, and frankly, it seems, you know, somewhat, um, you know, non-controversial, but no matter how small or how large, you can't vote by email. You can't vote behind closed doors. That's a public's business and needs yeah. to happen out in, in public. The city has the ability to schedule a special meeting, and do it very quickly within an hour's notice if they have to and get it done um this was you know it, it's either laziness or or just or disrespect I, either one is unacceptable
0: yeah well i'll be interesting to hear how those lawsuits pan out it sounds like you have pretty cut and dry case here on, on both sides um and yeah, i think so as a voter i mean even as, as putting your role with the republican committee aside I just as a resident appreciate that there are people who are really making sure that our city government stays stays transparent and stays honest with us. So
4: I, I would be doing this either way. This is something I, I believe in, you know, the first uh assignment I ever had in my first internship in law school was a box plopped on my desk and they said, Go through this, it's been requested, you know, see if we need to disclose this or not. So it's something that I I, I know and I I think is fundamental a fundamental pillar of our democracy is, is that kind of transparency. So I filed these not in my capacity with the uh, with the Republicans, I fund it's. It, I'm the plaintiff myself individually. I'm funding it myself. Um, it's something I'm doing because uh, my own belief in, in in those tenets.
0: And if I recall correctly, I think you also, in my opinion, get the most dramatic delivery of a lawsuit ever. Um, I believe you had the the city served at a public comment period. Is that right?
4: Th- th- that's correct. Yes, um, we had the city served with the FOIL lawsuit. We served um, Assistant City Attorney Michael Phillips uh, during the public comment period. That's right.
0: Yeah. So I want to make mean, sure the mean, city got it. Ten out of ten for delivery. That was a wild one. That was a wild public comment, and that you know
4: it, it was. And you know that's that's one thing I go back to. You know, aside from 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 the service, um, you know, Ron Kim likes to say only only two out of however many hundred meetings were disrupted. No, no, no. two were canceled. Many more were disrupted. Meetings are regularly disrupted. Um <laughs> people don't go to these meetings because they 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 see the what is spewed at the people that are speaking. You, you go to one of these meetings, you hear what's being said, those meetings are disrupted.
0: I also was like a touch confused on his math because I think he said like two out of 120 meetings. And as far as I know, the city council meets twice a month.
1: I I, I know I that got me too, but I'm pretty sure he's counting like land use meetings and where there's really
0: no no one comes to
4: public
0: comments. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, wait a I mean, I'm awake
4: in those meetings. So minutes, <laughs> you know?
0: yeah. But uh, I was just like sitting there like count I'm like using my fingers. I'm like, "Wait a minute. Anyhow, um it doesn't add up." Yeah, no, it does not it does not quite add up.
1: Well, in, in in 24 hours, the you know, the the polls will be will be almost closing and and uh, one more election season will be in the books, so uh, anyway, Mike, thank you very much, Robin, unless you got anything else.
0: No, thank you, know, Mike. We appreciate it. it. Yeah,
4: this was overdue. Let's, let's, let's do it again sometime soon.
0: Absolutely. love to have you on post-election. We can do post-election analysis. That would be yeah, great. For sure.
4: Let me, re- give me a couple weeks to recover first. Then we'll talk. <laughs>
0: okay. Or nap day or nap day, of course. Yeah.
4: Exactly. Yes. The nap day. Yes.
0: Thank you so much, Mike. Appreciate right, it. Bye-bye. So much going on, Adam.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It really, I thought that was a great, uh Monday before election show, just to get the the, the heads of the party in there, uh, have them say their bit one last time about what their candidates are going to do and what their platform is. And, and it was really informative and I appreciate everybody for coming on.
0: I agree. I, um, I especially wanted to thank Otis because he had a very busy morning. I'm sure a very busy weekend with everything going on with the press conference this morning. So I really appreciate that he came on and, and lent his voice to this conversation because I think it's, really important that we make our best effort to have all groups heard you know and have the same opportunity
1: right and I think I think it's a good a, a good point to mention that uh, people who know us personally or our presence on social media we do have positions we take that are skewed certain ways certain times um, but I think we, it's important for us to have guests come on the show and it's not for us to necessarily trap them but to give them a platform and and that the, that the viewers you know, we, we don't allow Falsehoods or lies, but if people want to talk about their their platforms, we're not going to we're not going to challenge it and question them. But it's just part of what we're doing here as a as a vehicle for people to get their to get their platform out. So uh, yeah. you know, once we once we get off the show, Rob and I will, will continue to fight for the candidates we support. But on this show, we're we we are nonpartisan.
0: Um, I agree in that we really do try to bring information to voters and try to make it as, you know, unbiased as possible. And I just, again, think it's really important for all, voices <laughs> and all candidates to be heard. And, you know, we, we do our best over here at the Saratoga podcast, right, Adam?
1: Yeah. You know what we should do? I, uh, we should write to, not to not show endorsements. We shouldn't say it now, but write down, I'm going to write Prediction? down my, my predictions. Yeah,
0: I mean, i'll say my predictions i don't mind saying them and you can hold me to them if i if i get this totally wrong i would do you want to mind predictions go for it yeah okay i think in the mayoral race probably this is the first time in like a decade plus where potentially the republican candidate has a little hole that they could sneak in and win just uh in that you know they're as Oda said there are two democrats one's running for mayor on the democratic line the other Democrat, Chris Matieson, is running on the one Saratoga line. And so I think there's a possibility that, you know, they could split enough votes such that potentially um, John Safford could sneak in and win.
1: Yeah, Otis really um, acknowledged that with the, you know, yeah. with this Republican having have a real chance of winning. So,
0: Yeah, he did. Um, and then for public safety, so we've mentioned this before, but the one Saratoga line I do think is kind of like the special sauce here. If you have a major party <laughs> and you have the one Saratoga line, I think it gives you like a tremendous advantage. And so for public safety, again, you've got Jim, who I, I guess is still a de- Democrat, um, Democrat name at least. Um, and then you have Kristen Dart, who's also a Democrat. And I think there could be a little vote splitting going on there. And Tim with the Republican line and also the one Saratoga line, I think has a pretty strong chance of winning. Who, let me um, ask
1: you this. Who do you yeah. think gets more, Kristen or Jim?
0: I think Jim simply because a lot of, I mean we're so inside baseball you know we live and breathe this stuff we're a little obsessed with it but the 30,000 people in Saratoga Springs are not as obsessed as we are and so many voters just go in and vote their party line. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. The, you know, the 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 Democratic committee has had a it's won some a lot of races recently. they're they're, they're really going all in on her. So that'll be interesting to see how much it, it, it's it's it, from this standpoint, from getting some real metrics and real feedback about where the city is, having these third party candidates is a really interesting uh, dynamic in these elections, I think, because it's going to tell us a lot about the power of the um, of the, the the Democrat. You know, how much of the power is, is the actual Democratic committee and the candidates and how many how, how much of the power is just being on that row A. Right. And we're going to see that yeah. with Jim and Kristen.
0: I totally agree. And then there's also the supervisor race, which with gordon boyd and michelle madigan and matthew Veach. and i think that's if i was giving predictions my prediction would be that michelle madigan and matt Veach uh win that race that would be that would be my prediction so you've got them right my predictions on record
1: all right so you have two republicans three republicans you have all three republicans winning
0: well no i have michelle winning who's a democrat
1: that's right, right. One Saratoga. You're right. You're right. Oh no, but you have Veach winning.
0: Veach, I think we'll probably pull it out. So the Democrat and the Republican. Tim Cole is technically a Democrat. So I have hard. like a yeah. I have bipartisan predictions.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> All right. Well, <coughs> tomorrow. Geez, sorry, I have a very bad cold. People can't tell. So uh, tomorrow night we'll be we'll be at the different headquarters of the campaign. I don't know that we'll happen to the firehouse, but if Jim pulls us out, we'll I'll drive over there. <laughs> uh, but we'll have, we'll, but we'll, we will, you will have the results as fast. There will be nobody faster than us. Let's just put it that way.
0: <laughs> Hopefully, accurate as well. Um, I did do a live podcast um for the school board elections, so i have a little experience of being live and having results come in but um adam i know you and i and dan have always been super frustrated on election nights trying to find the numbers is so just hard. getting
1: the refresh refresh
0: refresh yeah exactly so we will be stationed throughout the city and going live right at nine o'clock when the polls closed and so people can watch and you know as the numbers come in we'll be reporting them as they come in
1: all right well, I'm all right, i looking
0: forward to it same here and we'll 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 have Dan back tomorrow as well. Hopefully. Yeah. All, all right. Up. Stay charming and vote. All right. Over yeah. now. Bye-bye.